I joke with friends that um, the title for my autobiography will be, you can't make this stuff up. Because um, every week, something crazy happens. In fact, one of my friends, uh, we text back and forth, what crazy thing happened this week? Um, and when I was in Meridian, let's face it, Meridian is crazy. Um, this one thing happened that I thought was hilarious, where um, we had this parking lot, beautiful parking lot, all these trees, and separating parking spaces would be this row of uh, little island, uh, like grass. Does that make sense? And the island was about a, it's half the width of this aisle. And uh, last summer, for some reason, this woman, she would, for two weeks, she would come, and she's about 40 years old, she would come, and she would get in her car, and she would lay out uh, a beach towel, and then be in a two-piece bikini, and, yeah, yeah, and would lay out in the parking lot, and there's a park one block away, and so my staff was like, you got to go talk to her. I'm not talking to her. <laughs> And she's not creating any, you know, she's not a danger. It's just a little strange in my book. Um, so I told one of my friends, and like, I knew they wouldn't believe it. So I actually drove by and like snapped a picture because <laughs> you know they won't believe me. So for two weeks she was out there. I don't know why. Um, but my point being is that you can't make this stuff up. Um, people are crazy. So you might as well enjoy it. Um, <laughs> And, like, um, the song that I'm going to have played, I think, for my funeral, even though I can't, is, have you ever heard that country song, God is great, people are crazy, and beer is good? <laughs> That's my theme song. Um, and the point being is that people are crazy, so you have to learn how to love them. And if you're wondering, what does this have to do with the baptism of the Lord? To me... It fits the baptism of the Lord. Because why did Christ go down to the river to be baptized? Why would Christ, God, need to be baptized by John the Baptist? That makes no sense. He's not a sinner, right? The point being is this. God shows up where these people who are broken and hurting want conversion. So when Christ is baptized, and this is key. It's not the sacrament of baptism. The sacrament of baptism is his death and resurrection. Christ literally says that before his death. I have a baptism to receive. So when you're baptized, you're baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. That's the sacrament of baptism. Today's feast, the baptism of the Lord, is the reverse of that. How it first starts is God wants to be baptized into our crazy life. God wants to be immersed into our dysfunctional, crazy world where people gather together who are broken and bruised. That's where God is found. So the sacrament of baptism is, oh, we're immersed in Christ's life. But the whole thing starts with God wanting to be immersed in our craziness. So it's the reverse. Now, this sounds funny. At the last Mass, at the 9 o'clock Mass, I was getting the same look I'm getting from you people. Like, what is he talking about? So I do this nervous thing where I said, does that make sense? And I still just got stares back, and there was just, like, quietness. And this little girl over, oh, sitting over there says, 
No. <laughs> so I want to repeat it. Sacrament of baptism is Christ in us. Today's feast, the baptism of the Lord, is, yeah, we're bruised and broken and crazy. And you know who comes running? Christ. And so that means if you're baptized in sacrament, then you're going to be like Christ. You're going to want to uh, love the broken and bruised humanity the same way Christ does. Because a lot of people, uh, when it comes to church, they, they have this idea. You find it all the time. We're going to become this little bubble of the perfect. And only the perfect are allowed in our church. Um, you find those people. But the problem is, that's not love. That's not even religion. And people who always want the bubble of the perfect always turn out to be so angry. That's why the Pharisees don't show up at the Jordan River. The Pharisees, they're the perfect. It literally means perfect. Um, they're the perfect ones who can't love broken and bruised humanity. We who have the life of Christ in us, yeah, we want to be immersed in crazy humanity and love it. So if Christ lives and breathes in us in baptism, then we can be gentle and even humorous with broken humanity, with all people's faults. We can love them. Um, and that's why, like, the first reading for the baptism of the Lord is so perfect. It's this prophecy about the Christ. When the Christ comes, he, I love this, where it says, the smoldering wick he will not quench. The bruised reed he will not break. What does that mean? The smoldering wick, some people's faith is barely hanging on. It's just smoldering. And coming and screaming and yelling at them is just going to snuff out whatever faith and love they have. Uh, that kind of stuff doesn't work with people. Or the bruised reed he will not break. A lot of people in the world are very bruised. And condemning them, harassing them, it doesn't, it, all it does is break them. When God shows up, uh, the line after, yelling and screaming will not be his way. Uh, a religion that yells and screams and you get your act together, that doesn't do any good. What does do good is to try and love other people. Now, I have no problem challenging people, saying, I disagree with you, challenging people. Challenging people is not the same thing as condemning people. The ones who want a little bubble of perfect, that just condemns the rest of the world. If you truly celebrate the baptism of the Lord, if we do, then we can love broken, crazy humanity. If you can't love broken, crazy humanity, renounce your baptism. How dare you say you're one with Christ who loves broken humanity, and then all you can do is condemn it. Um, so that's why it, uh, in the readings it says, uh, the broken reed he, reed he will not break, the smoldering wick he will not quench. Yelling and screaming is not his way. And then in the gospel, I love this, where it says, uh, the Holy Spirit descended, hovered like a dove. Um, why does it say that at the baptism of the Lord? Because if you know, that's exactly the opening phrase in the book of Genesis of the creation of the world. That it says, the Holy Spirit hovered upon the waters of creation like a dove. Same phrase is repeated here. And what it means is this, that this religion is going to be a new Genesis. This religion will be a new creation. 
where we love broken humanity. And then the line after it, uh, where uh, God the Father says about God the Son, that he delights in him. Now, that's really key. He delights in him. And God the Son delights in us, broken humanity. So if you're baptized, you delight in broken humanity. You delight in, yeah, it's crazy. Bikini woman, what are you going to do, yell at her? Um, you can handle people with humor and patience and kindness. Um, God delights in the sun, and the sun delights in broken humanity. Everyone has a burden. We can be compassionate with other people's brokenness. In fact, I pray rosary every morning, but I, I do it different because I always have to be different. Um, but like I, I prayed a whole decade, uh, decade on just what that means, um, to delight. I'm serious. Your homework tonight or today, pray a decade of the rosary that you can fall in love. You can delight in broken humanity. And I heard this story that reminds me of the baptism of the Lord. So this little long story, but this guy tells that he grew up in Maine and um, his favorite thing when he was a kid was going over to his grandmother's house. Every Friday night he would spend with his grandmother and he loved his grandmother and his grandmother loved him. And their big thing was to watch this TV show called The Dukes of Hazzard. Um, and when he was like, he loved the car in The Dukes of Hazzard, which the, the car was called the General Lee and it was painted orange. It had the Confederate flag on it, number one on the side door. And the car would make these jumps and so he so loved that car, his grandmother bought him his own little General Lee. It was a pink little car, looked nothing like the General Lee, but she convinced him it was. Um, so he called it the General Lee, and it would make jumps, and he would play the car when the, the TV show. And once he launched it, because the car is always jumping over things in the, the TV show, he threw it, made a perfect landing right in his grandmother's left eye. Um, <laughs> And anyhow, uh, so at the end of every weekend, she would um, give him the pink car and say, now you hold on to this. You hold on to it all week. And I don't know how, but he would always lose the car. And his grandmother would find it. Once he lost it under the couch, and she had, he had his arms stuck in the couch and, couch and started to yell. And she comes over and lifts that couch and pulls him out and grabs the pink car like Indiana Jones grabbing the hat. Um, and he said his grandmother was this tall, regal, powerful woman um, with short, curly hair that's popular among grandmothers. Uh, and he said, you know, his image of somebody who loved him fiercely was his grandmother. Um, and then one day, uh, he remembers it. He so loved her. At breakfast, um, she was having a little shot of whiskey and a banana. That's what she had for breakfast. Um, she takes it and her eyes roll back in her head. So all he sees is white eyes and she falls down. Her, he said his dad runs over and grabs her, but she died. And uh, when she died, she had willed her house to her daughter with a condition that when her daughter dies, it goes to the grandson. So later, you know, his mother does die. Uh, he, of course, he lets his father live there. 
and he comes home years later, uh, years later, just to check on his dad, and he's looking around the house, and the house is filled with ghosts, because nobody ever threw away anything. Some of the tools that built this East Coast house in Maine are still in the house. Uh, old clothes, and so he goes up to his room to check it out. It's exactly his dad, you know, they had a great marriage. His dad didn't change anything. The ho his bedroom was the same way he painted it in high school, black. Um, and then he decides to check out his grandmother's room. And his grandmother's room is the same. He opens the closet, and her clothes are still in there. Her wedding dress is in there. Um, even her, his grandfather's uniform is still there. He opens a drawer, and there's hundreds of these photographs in the drawer of him. His grandmother really loved him. But when he checks out the closet with all those clothes, he sees a little door in back. He just thinks, well, what's that? So he opens it, checks it out, and there's this bag in there. And he feels like he shouldn't be in this room. He takes the bag and he looks in it. And there's about 150 of these little pink general. <laughs> that's how she always found him. He thinks that's so funny. He takes it downstairs to show his dad. He says, you wouldn't believe what I found. And his dad sees it, and he gets this look of pain and horror on his face. And he says, well, what, what's that? Why, why are you upset? And he says, well, he says, let me tell you. Your grandmother, she loved you. She loved you a lot. But your grandmother could be a cruel woman. She says, your grandmother... Um, she never said anything, but she had this way of always making me feel less than because I married her daughter. And I was a big black southern man married to her white main daughter. And so one of the ways that she made me feel less than was that confederate flag and that pink car. Um, you're General Lee, because I'm black. Um, and so he said, I got to admit, every time you'd come home from her house... I would wake up when your mom was sleeping, sneak into your room, take that pink car and throw it in the trash. <laughs> and he, like he had to reassess his grandmother. His grandmother, who fiercely loved him, could also be manipulative and make his dad feel, try and feel bad about who he is. There's two truths there. Her great love and a woman who could be really cruel. And his, I thought it was a great story because the truth is this, both are true. People are both, both broken and hurt and ha they have their faults. And yet you can love them completely, even if they're broken. And uh, so the point being is that on the baptism of the Lord, if God wants to be immersed in our craziness and only show love and compassion for our bruised and brokenness, can't we do the same for each other? We're like the guy who can look at their grandmother and say, yeah, she's broken. She can be cruel and also be filled with fierce love. So, yeah, I, I pray that I can delight in people's brokenness. Sometimes even their cruelty, I can still love them. So in the end, yes, God is great, people are crazy, and love is good. If we've been baptized into Christ, we love. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.